use the sounds. Well, hello, hello, hello. Welcome to another episode of Kazawap. You are in the right place, and I am Isaiah, tonight's host. They also know me as IV. I'm joined by my usual co-host, my brother, my cousin. Willie, also sometimes known as Arrow to the Face. Sometimes, not all the time. Sometimes just Arrow, sometimes to the face. Nah, nah, not just to the face. We joking. You know, what we're not joking about tonight, though, is a very serious conversation about game of the year. A game of the year. You think it's game? Is it game of the year? I, 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 I don't know if it's game of the year. I hope not. I hope not. We're here to talk about Insomniac by license of Sony. His, their new big game, Spider-Man 2, which has taken the entire gaming world, specifically on PlayStation, of course, by storm. This is a long-awaited sequel uh, following up on Miles Morales's kind of DLC pack that came between uh, the original Spider-Man from Insomniac. And um, this sequel was long awaited. We'd seen teasers of this. Uh, I want to say it's been how many years? How many? Uh, it was like a year and a half of, of basically trailer time or kind of since announcement us waiting for it. Right, Willie? About a, a year and a half. I mean, it was it was two years. You know, the announcement trailer dropped on uh, September 9th, 2021. So we waited a good two years and a month for for this game. And at the same time, it almost feels like the game was announced you know the trailers kind of stopped and then once the trailer started again the game just dropped it just feels like it, it happened so quickly after a, bit, a little bit of time yeah man i mean sometimes it's just like that right sometimes when the holiday season is about to end and there's a nice little gap for a game to potentially come through they put all those developers under some insane crunch time to get it off and um it kind of is rushed. It's rushed to completion. And I think that is a point we're going to discuss tonight. Rushed. Is this game rushed? Before we jump into our usual formulaic approach of breaking down a game that we have here at Kazawap, Willie, I just wanted to hear some of your bare thoughts. What Coming out of Miles Morales, knowing this game is announced, what's your heart posture towards Spider-Man 2 you know that we're getting a, a number of announcements along the way. What did those announcements and features and concepts that were going to be in this game, what did they do for you? Were you excited? Were you not excited? Paint that picture for us. Well, first, I just want to give you my relationship with this franchise, right? And so to start off, Spider-Man 1, 2018, September, your boy is headed to college, first year, freshman, and I'm like, I'm, I'm... I'm nervous, you know, because this is a new experience after spending seven years with the same community in middle school and high school. Let's see how this goes. And Spider-Man drops at the like first week, maybe even the day of my first class. And I'm like, whoa, I need to like find somewhere to have some fun. And I play Spider-Man and I beat it within a week, full 100 percent, everything done. And I'm like, that was fun. Really, really fun. 2018 was a great year of gaming, and Spider-Man often gets lost in that, I feel, because of all the other great games that dropped, but Spider-Man was really fun, right? So then, I'm like, that game was incredible. The swinging was fun. The emotional story was, you know, very, very impactful. I'm ready to face this journey now of college even more. And then, Miles Morales drops... After we've been cooped up inside of our houses since since the beginning of 2020, 
first time on a PS5, and I'm like, oh, this is what the power of a PS5 can do for a game that was developed for both PS4 and PS5? Oh, okay, I'm in there. And, 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 you know, technically, it was better than Spider-Man, the original one, in terms of, like, movement and traversal, but narrative, eh, well, maybe, maybe not. But either way, it got me excited for what the future was of this universe. And so when they announced Spider-Man 2, the first thing that came to mind was, damn, yo, Insomniac is cooking because they got Ratchet and Clank going on while also doing the Spider-Man stuff. And now they also doing Wolverine because Wolverine was announced at the same time as Spider-Man 2. And I'm like, damn, they wild right now. They going crazy. But OK, Insomniac heard you. What did I want from this game, bro? I just wanted a, a continuation of the first two with you know, great advancements in traversal, making each character feel unique, you know, making things faster with the power of the PS5 since this game was only developed for the PS5, right? So that's what I wanted. I wanted a better technical game. And then from a narrative level, you know, you're handling two characters with completely different emotional, like, states, and they're in their different points of life. And so for me, I'm like, oh, I'm going in this, ready for this narrative, to like rip me up because the first two games both had pieces in it that just tore me up and I'm like I'm ready for this bring it on give me this great story you know and and I can say as I walk out of this um for certain I know that I found one of them one of the things I wanted he said one of them not two of them one of them uh you know just to pick up where you left off yeah, I think I have a lot of respect for Insomniac. I think Ratchet and Clank, Ratchet and Clank is one of my favorite games of all time, one of my favorite series of all time. When I think of my history with gaming, some of my earliest memories are playing on a PlayStation 1, Ratchet and Clank and not having a memory card and my cousin and I trying to beat it as fast as we could before the PlayStation got too hot, knowing that we couldn't turn it off because we didn't actually have a memory card. Memory cards are hard to come by. If you've been gaming and memory cards are hard to come by, you know what I'm freaking talking about, okay? And since then, I've always enjoyed the somewhat formulaic, but always, I don't wanna say breathtaking, but just a great adventure in time. Every Ratchet and Clank has always been like that. So when I played Spider-Man for the first time and I ran through that story, I, I felt some familiarity in that insomniac nature, you know, okay, we have some sunset overdrive from the Xbox brought into some of the traversal and the way they're moving through a city and a landscape and the diversity of New York City's kind of breakdown. I like how they're doing that. Oh, oh, the combat is the combat is the combat Arkham? It's Arkham. It's got it's got a it's got a similar vibe to the punch punch counter and how are they going to diversify gadgets ah the gadgets from Ratchet and Clank ah so it's like since the beginning Spider Man the only originality I felt was you know the introduction of this storyline how it was going to be written by Insomniac but outside of that I saw a lot of pieced together games that were already in the gaming landscape and I'm not saying they weren't great or that they weren't appreciated but when people were talking about it being groundbreaking or it being the game of the year i was never one of the people in that conversation i didn't think that that game spider-man one was a marvel spider-man was a game of the year at that time i didn't think it contended 
Miles Morales was a great improvement. Like you said, PS5 upgrade. You're seeing the functionality of him flying out of an inside or an inner environment and getting back into the city and there not being a loading screen. You're starting to see the PS5, the technology work in the advancement of this in, uh, universe and the way it feels to navigate it quick and sleekly like a spider would. I appreciate those things too because Insomniac is great about system, about taking the system and knowing that it plays a role in the narrative and the way the game flows. I love that. Respect that. Then we got Rift Apart. Rift Apart was one of those games on PS5 from Ratchet and Clank that was really tone setting for me on what it feels like to play a PS5 game. And I don't know what it is, but that bar has been very hard to tap for me from that experience. It was fun. There was adventure. The SSD was being put to work. Worlds were colliding. You can jump from world to world very seamlessly. So all that being said, I paint this big insomniac picture because here I go. I load up Spider-Man 2 and I'm looking for advancement of Spider-Man. I'm looking for a story, like you said, where we're seeing Miles and Peter both get their licks and their respects. I'm looking for, I don't want that Spider-Man 3 from, from Sam Raimi treatment where it feels like we got too many villains going on and I can't focus the right way and it feels like it's too all over the place. I don't want that. I want something that's concise, that makes sense thematically, but from a game experience, I don't necessarily know if I found something innovative. And I think that's where I want to start today's conversation. I want to talk about the concept of innovation in this Spider-Man world. I know we have our pillars. I know we have our pillars. But do you think that these guys innovated enough? Where are the pros on their innovation and where are the cons, Willie? I want to hear some of that, some of your thoughts on that. Well, if the topic is about innovation, bro, I think you kind of started it a little bit with your Ratchet and Clang talk. You said that the games were feeling familiar. That's just the truth of the matter. You know, that's just how it is. Insomniac and innovation, I feel like those that nothing comes to mind, bro. Maybe Sunset Overdrive from years ago, but for Spider-Man 2, I don't know if I can think of anything like that. I love the way they were able to take the power of the PS5 and put it to use. But at the same time, I'm just kind of like, it's safe. It's formulaic. I, I've, I've played it before, you know, there's nothing there that strikes me as, oh, shoot, this is this is crazy. You know what I'm saying? Um, but that's OK. You know, I think gaming has its, you know, games have their place in the gaming world to be that because gaming is about having fun. And if Insomniac is delivering fun, even if it's safe, that's OK. People are going to love it. You know, people are going to have hundreds of hours on this game because of it. Me. When the topic of, yo, does it deserve game of the year? My answer is no, because I like to experience those bigger things, you know, the things that take that extra step and land that step. I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, you did that. I'm feeling that from you, which is why it, it was never my game of the year in 2018, and it's not this year. And I hope people understand that, aside from other reasons that we're going to get into, but from the innovation perspective, bro, for that creating something new and, and that being felt, they're not that, bro. Insomniac is a safe company. And again, that's okay. We got Santa Monica Studios. We got Naughty Dog. Right. And I think that that's what's sad, right? It's like 2018, Santa Monica and Rockstar eclipsed Spider-Man with Red Dead 2 and God of War 2018. These are both, those are both 
powerhouse games right there. And then you get Spider-Man. And I'm not saying Spider-Man wasn't strong. There are certain moments of that that were very fun, very great. And from super from a superhero place, right? I start thinking about like the landscape of superhero media and how directors like to um, discredit superhero films. And I wonder if that conversation has any room or place in the video game world. Does do superhero games just equate to lack of innovation? They're more systems of game, you know? And I look at that and I'm like, no. Because when Batman Arkham series came out, they innovated the combat system in a way that changed gaming and combat in games forever. We've had this conversation a number of times here at Kuzzlewop. For, the, for those who don't remember, when we talked about Star Wars Jedi Survivor, we talked about Dark Souls and that combat system also being very impactful, you know, similar to Arkham. So here's Spider-Man adopting a skin in a superhero setting. And I just wanted something more. I don't think that Spider-Man 2 did anything systematically that I hadn't seen before, bro. It's unfortunate. You know, even the wingsuit, if you've played Sunset Overdrive and you know what it's like to swing on um, a power line in that game and how it feels to move quickly through the city, that's a lot of where they got the ideas from. I mean, yeah, even from Rift Apart, bro, they got the, the portals from that game that lets you go through all the different worlds. They use that a few times here, but the Miles and Black Cat mission or things like that, they just they take from what they've done before, and I respect it, bro. I do respect it, but it's not innovative. As somebody who already knew that, it took me out of the experience. It didn't allow me to immerse because I wanted innovation. I don't know how else to describe it. We're on a PS5 level, bro. It's next-gen gaming. Is my standard too high? I, I don't know. But let's let's break this game down using the pillars that we have here at Kuzzlewop. We've got five pillars that we take these games and put them through the trials of. One being sound and audio, which I think we're going to have a lot to say about tonight. Two, visuals. Is the game pretty? Did it do the PS5 justice? Ah, I don't know. Gameplay. We could talk about that gameplay. There are things I love, things that I don't love. Story. I'm excited to be here. I think the writing in this game is probably one of the strongest things I liked about it, if I'm honest with you. And last but not least, this world that they were able to build in the New York City, you know, space. So let's jump right in, bro. Let's jump right in with some sound and some audio. Um, come on, bro. Come on, bro. Come on, bro. Sound and audio in this game. There's nothing like the horns blasting and the beat going while you're swinging as Miles and you're just, da -na -na, and you're just, every, every web thwip sounds just right, bro. It sounds exactly how it's supposed to sound. It sounds like it connected to a building shortly when I'm in a spot that has shallow buildings and it sounds like it connects long when I'm on a long building. The way you pull on a super slingshot, the way that it feels in the hand and the sound correlating with the way the PlayStation 5 controller, the DualSense works, that experience, it's, 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 Insomniac doesn't fail here. They just always knock it out the park here, you know? Soundtrack was beautiful, but the effects of this game, I, I love it. Every punch feels right. Um, I, I, I very much felt like there was never a point where I felt like audio was unmixed, like the music got too loud and I wasn't able to hear someone talking or maybe someone I'm fighting with. I, I loved how they were able to build in this area. Um, what about you, bro? What did you think about the sound and the audio for the game? I mean, I think you nailed it, bro. I, I think 
Everything from the the web thwips to the horns as you swing on by, getting closer and further. It sounded great, bro. The soundtrack was great. The the main menu theme is glorious. The way they combine the two main character themes with something darker at the end to tease Venom. It's all great, bro. They did their thing in this department. I, I have no complaints here. This is this is like a 10 out of 10 department for me for the most part, if, if we're not including like voice acting. One of my, my things I want to mention about sound is there's a mission uh, in the later half of the game when Miles has to collect sounds to create a grenade that will um, stun the symbiote creatures. And I don't know how I didn't notice this, but a couple of you know, minutes or maybe missions after that mission, when I was throwing that out and I'm watching it stun, I kept wondering what the sound was. And I realized that the sounds we literally went about finding the 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 horn of the um of the boat and then the bell ringing those sounds are literally the ding 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 you're hearing it it was just cool there's little pieces that don't feel phoned in they feel intentional they feel immersed they feel like oh it reminds me that i collected these sounds and i put this inside this machine I, you know that that ownership of the experience i like how they're intentional like that it almost makes it so it's seamless. It's just seamless to be a part of the experience. Um, and I very much love that. The other thing I want to say here is, is I know that we don't have a pillar for the acting per se in our gaming, which we'll talk more about as we keep going. But I just want to say, man, the way that these guys played these two characters, Yuri, and I don't even know the other guy's name, man. Do you know his name? Uh, Naji Jeter. Bro, both of them, I think they they played these two, Peter and Miles, to perfection. I don't necessarily think you could have picked somebody better. I, I I did really like Yuri in this. I liked him in the first one more, of course. But there's a place and room for Najee and Miles to take the stage in this game. And I was glad that Yuri was able to find a way to maturely let him do that without feeling like he phoned it in. It didn't feel like he phoned in anything. Um just loved that man the quips while you're fighting the little lines that they put in there ah i was so there was actually some funny lines in this one too which was good could he have been a little bit more quippy yeah yeah he could have been he could have been but that's not the universe that's not the universe we in right now so let me i mean if we're talking voice actors i mean i love yuri i do but i think people have been overhyping his like symbiote arc his bully Lothal, as they like to call it, because of Bully Maguire and all that. Um, but yeah, man, I don't, I, I could kind of understand where some people are coming from. He was killing some moments, but I wish there were more. Whether it be a writing standpoint or him acting a little bit darker. Okay, yeah, sure. And then his screams of agony, even that kind of felt safe. Like when when I was hearing Peter being ripped apart by the noise and stuff, I, I was hoping for some like. Dragon Ball Z kind of like ah like like I wanted to believe that pain but there were moments where I definitely did now for for you know for Jeter and and Miles bro I'm gonna be honest like I'm starting to get tired of his Miles voice I am like and and I think it's just because I was hoping that maybe he'd get a little bit deeper as he gets a little bit older and things start to get more serious but nah he's still just so light in the way he delivers it that um you know it's a great job it just irks me sometimes and he's like oh i gotta go help mom i'm like all right bro but come on bro like why are you why are you 
why, bro? Um, but, you know, they're cool. I love them as a duo. I'm excited to be getting more of them. Um, they're, they're fun as hell together. They're definitely great, you know. One mission that I did want to speak about real quick was the mission with Haley. Because when you play the mission as Haley, you know, she's deaf, uh, you know, hearing impaired. All the noise goes out and they look to other ways to, to explain what's going on with her while you're playing as her. I thought that mission was really fun and a great way to go inside of her world. Absolutely. People who, yeah, we'll talk about that later, actually. I'm not even going to get into it, but you know who I'm coming for. I'm sure you know exactly what I'm talking about. Uh, but yeah, man, all in all, sound and audio, I don't have many complaints. Let's let's move on to the video, visual, cinematography, kind of the way it looks, the way it looks. So we mentioned that this is a PS5 exclusive. My little brother's very upset. He's got his PS4. He can't play. So he was over here for Thanksgiving break. And uh, he got to play the opening mission, which is, whew, we could talk about that somewhere between these two pillars. But uh, the visuals of this game, I think the game is beautiful. I think the game is bright. I think the game has a diverse weather and experience of new york feels very real you can see the improvements if you take a frame by frame shot of spider-man from 2018 and you look at miles morales you see a difference when you look at miles morales and you look at this city now from this second game you see the difference they're building on the city they're letting the culture of the city and the growth of the city be a major set piece it almost has a living breathing aspect to it and it's change which i like i like visually that they took the time to do that we also have queens we also have brooklyn that is now accessible within this game and i like that they added those two very diverse boroughs in the new york city again we're we're, we're i'm from new york willie lives in new york city he's really from new york city i'm from outside of new york city but with family that's from there so we take this seriously the depiction is important and i think outside of division from freaking tom clancy it's like I need a really well, not one-to-one, -one, but you're going to do it right if you're going to do it. And I think they did it right, for sure. I mean, yeah, bro. You know, as, as a New York City native, bro, being able to swing around and just see locations and understand how to maneuver through the city because of my own experience, that tells me they did a great job. To be playing the opening mission of the game with Sandman and be thrown around the city and be like, wait, I know exactly where I am right now because my college is two blocks away from here, that was fun as hell, right? I was able to swing by my college building and all that in, in the first game, but in this game, like, Peter, after the Sandman mission, literally starts next to the church two blocks away from my school, or my former school, I should say. Uh, you know, it, it was just it was just really cool to experience that as a New Yorker. The New York City whole area, Brooklyn, Queens, it all looked great. The different cultures that live in those neighborhoods, you could feel. You could feel Brooklyn was different than Queens. You could feel how they were both different from Manhattan. And then even in Manhattan, you could feel how Hell's Kitchen was different than Chinatown. You could feel those things. So it was just a fun time to experience that as a New Yorker. 10 out of 10. Well, it's not a 10 out of 10, bro. Facial animations. I think the faces were borderline ugly in this game at certain points throughout the game. I think uh, Miles is the face that they actually did the best with, but then they fucked up in other areas with Miles. Um, 
yeah, bro, I don't know what happened. And I want to make this clear. I prefer the new Peter Parker face. I liked it when it was announced. I, yeah, in Spider-Man Remastered, it was a little rough, but that's because the game wasn't made with it in mind. He looked a lot better in Miles Morales. And then in this game, he looked good, especially in the flashbacks. The flashback sequences were, were on top with that new face. Beautiful. Um... But yeah, just everybody's facial animations in this game at times looked ugly. Like, MJ got some ugly scenes. Harry got some ugly scenes. Even Peter got some ugly scenes, bro. It's... And I might be bugged for saying this. I think it might be the worst game when it comes to facial animations. Because I think the Miles did facial animations really good. And I think Spider-Man 1 nailed it in the scenes where it really mattered so i don't know in that department i might have to go like a six or a seven when it comes to visual and i think they knew that because on a cinematography level a lot of this game gets shot from behind the conversations between the characters they be trying to make it cinematic with a sunset in the background and stuff but at the same time i can't help but think are you trying to hide shit that you know isn't up to par yeah i feel that and i think they went so hard with a lot of um, the fights in Miles Morales, you know, when when Miles and Finn are fighting and you see Finn's face, you feel everything she feels and how much she's been taken from. And I think there are moments in this game where they get it across. I think particularly with Harry, I like some of a lot of the, the animation of Harry's emotions, both through the audio, but then also his face, you could tell, especially as he's grieved that he lost the suit. I, I, every time I see him, I'm like, damn, homeboy is down bad. He's sick, you know? Um, but yeah, man, I think that there are just some places that feel phoned in. And um, it's unfortunate because there's no reason for it outside of what we're talking about in the sense of maybe this was a little rushed. Maybe this came out faster than it needed to come out. And this is one of the areas where I feel that. Do I think that the PS5 is really maximized in this game on a visual end? No, I don't. Is it better than other games that have released on the PS5? Yeah, sure. But did God of War Ragnarok look better on the PS4 last year also? Yeah, it did. Which makes me upset because we're talking about a lack of innovation and, and everyone's flipping out about fast travel. Oh my God, I can fast travel to any part of the map and it immediately loads. From a performance standpoint, I understand why this is a, a cornerstone kind of like mark moment. I get that. That's cool, right? But at the same time, it's like these other games have done stuff like that. Maybe not an immediate load up, but we already mentioned Miles Morales had already had a building internal fight, like inside a garage or inside of a department, whatever you're fighting inside of, jumping out of a vent and jumping back into the world. We've seen that technology be quote unquote innovative. I understand the fast travel, but it almost felt like a phoned in feature. Ah, if you do enough missions in this area, we'll let you drop into here because this is the cool feature we've added to this game. You can drop in wherever you want. It felt a little confusing to me too from the sense of like, man, shouldn't we want to traverse? Aren't we Spider-Man? <laughs> Spider-Man 1 had a subway option. Same with Miles Morales. Those were decisions that I think added to the feeling of being a New Yorker and it made sense. The fast travel and that performance aspect visually, I, I, I like it, but it gets old quite quickly in my opinion, and I barely use it. I'd say I maybe used it once, 
maybe two, three times. And specifically at the end when the game was done and I was just trying to collect some objectives, like just to get a trophy, uh, which I 100%ed this bad boy. You 100%ed this bad boy? Yeah, bro. Completionist. He a completion. I just make it shit, bro. But um, another thing I want to mention here when it comes to the visuals is it's unfortunate because you mentioned Ragnarok and they were able to make a pretty game that still performed very well. Even the 60 FPS performance mode of Ragnarok was amazing. The 60 FPS performance mode of, of this game, it kind of takes what we're talking about and lowers it a little. And I know that's what it does, is performance mode, but it's like when you have games that are in the same kind of, what's the word, weight class, I'd say, and it's going blow for blow, knocking out and walking this game over, it does make you go, all right, so why couldn't they do a little more? Why couldn't there be a little more oomph? If rain and rainy set pieces are still like one of your top moments in a game, we have to have a conversation, bro. Rain has stopped being a cool hype beast performance mode moment a long time ago, in my opinion. Come up with something new and beautiful. And I think the way you shoot a game and you do the photography, certain moments where a fight is happening. I don't think there's ever a moment in this game where it felt like this fight scene was set up in an environment where I was like, man, this is breathtaking to be in this environment fighting. I, I just didn't feel like that. Bro, I mean, outside the opener, yeah, man, I, I agree. I think the opener was a great set piece. It was a great thing that then just kind of disappears. Right. I feel like Spider-Man one ended with a great set piece. Miles had a great finisher, too. For this game, you open with something big, which is supposed to set my expectations for the rest of the game, in my opinion. Right. You're supposed to show up big and you go even bigger as the game progresses. And it never hit that. I, I, I didn't. It just all became lost to me. Truly. Yeah. And I think we should talk about the opener. But before we do that, just to open that pun intended. You know, one thing in this game that is good, though, is the set the set pieces themselves. There are a lot of set pieces in this game, and I respect that. It was cool to see Black Cat grab an artifact from the Sanctorum and, and take it and use it. Like, that's cool Marvel-ish, like, cool set piece. Love that as a mission, you know? Uh, it was cool to do the boat with the flipping when they break out and Craven arrives with his people. Like that was a fire fight. You know, there, there are moments in this game, like even Coney Island. I liked, I liked what they were doing there. They were trying to do something that was cool. But again, man, it's like set piece, 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 bunch of side missions that do deep in the story but set piece and i i just ugh, there's some there's something that was missing that made them all special let's talk about the first though let's talk about that opener when you played it and you texted me you said this might be one of the greatest openers to a video game i have ever played in my life that is not a lowly statement whatsoever do you still do you still feel like that all this time later so you know, for that opener, uh, I, I'm like on a split, right? Because of reasons I've kind of already stated. Um, number one, it's it's a fantastic opener in terms of energy. It puts you right back into it. Welcome back. You're Spider-Man. This is a huge world. Here's a huge villain. Boom. It's an extremely fun, energetic opener. 
after waiting two years for this game, right? And so on that level, I'm like, yes, this gets me ready to go. I'm ready to go. But then as I said before, that ready to go never went. That I, I never got any excitement level necessarily from that from that opener. That was like the height of my excitement. Nothing ever kind of rose it up there for me again. Everything just kind of then just went lower. Still good. Yeah. But not to those levels. So it's a mix because Assassin's Creed Brotherhood, which is another opener that I regard as one of the best, throws you into this excitement. And then throughout the game, you know, yeah, it lowers it down, but then it gets back up there again for different parts and the finale this never did that, you know, the, 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 everything about the opener was on 10 and then the rest of the game fell down to like a seven or an eight, you know? So it, that, that's where I'm kind of aiming at for the opener. But if I had to tell someone, yes, it's a great opener. It's still one of the best. Just like I said, where'd it go? I agree. I think that's how I feel about it too, because I even think about the way that, that, that Sandman is defeated in the team up happening between miles and peter and it's the same team up that gets them out of venom's grasps at the end of the game <laughs> like it's not you've you it's it's i don't know bro i don't know what i was expecting maybe i'm expecting too much but you're right if you're gonna have a set piece and go big like that then you better be able to top what you're starting with or you will feel that as a gamer and i think in a game in a world where gaming is always being pushed by people like Santa Monica Studios or or Rockstar or Naughty Dog or you know e even Elden Ring conceptually you you just need to come up with something freaking Baldur's Gate with Larian like you need to come up with something that is big but it isn't the biggest I, I just feel like openers are dangerous like that and I think that when it comes to jumping into this third pillar here you know script and narrative um I want to I want to talk about that too, right? Like when we open up the game, we get an idea of Peter who is struggling to pay for Aunt May's house, stuck between what he thought he was and who he wants to be, trying to understand what it looks like to be in relationship with Mary Jane and what she wants. How does he be a good partner to her and then be a great mentor to Miles? Then enters Harry. Now he's like, "Shoot, my friend's back. How do I be a great friend to him?" in light of all the other things and then you got miles who's trying to be the best version of himself while worried that it's not enough for his future it's not enough for what's to come so you get these two characters that are in the concept of time and development and growth what does it mean to be the best version of themselves to be greater not just as heroes but also as men and i think that when you open the game with the contrast of them in class and and kind of like not in balance, fumbling their responsibilities and what they feel is the true responsibility as Spider-Man. It's like they open the door there very, very well to me. And that is something that I think they built up on throughout the whole game for me. I know you may not feel similarly, but gameplay-wise, mechanics, set piece, they peaked in the first hour. But story-wise, there are some things that happen in this story that aren't made completely obvious. And I think it's because 
there was an out of sync. There's something that was out of sync with the landing the level of the writing through the gameplay experience. Something happened there, and that's why I think this was rushed. But there's something really good happening here, bro. And it's not just for Miles and not just for Peter. You see it in Mary Jane. You, you see it in Harry. You see it in Norman. You see it in the lizard. You, you, you see this concept, this theme, and it, it's hard for you to write numerous characters. And like I said earlier, not have that Spider-Man 3 Hobgoblin slash Venom slash Sandman. Who's a real bad guy? Are these even freaking? They, I feel like my attention split nine ways. They didn't do a poor job, in my opinion, of keeping it all headed in the same direction. It felt like it was headed in the same direction for me. Now, I know you're going to have some cons. So I want you to go off about your cons and then give me your pros. We'll go and we'll land on the pros because I do have a lot of pros. I'm going to be honest with you about that. I got some stuff I want to talk about there. Well, first things first, just to cover gameplay, I, I think that this game was just too easy. It was, It's very easy. I thought the first game was incredibly easy. I also think that this one is easy um, until the one enemy will come through that is almost not like a bullet sponge. That's not what it is, but they're like just uh, more annoying rather than anything. I think it was easy. I, I appreciated that they improved the stealth from the first game in this one, but it's still just super easy. I might argue that it is the easiest. I... I, it's fun, bro. It's fun, but nothing crazy to me. The traversal is the best part. The combat, uh, nah, you know. Um, but for narrative, you know, to, to jump into that pillar, bro, this this game was rushed. It was fast, bro. I, and I felt it first when Harry makes his first appearance and he's like, yo, what's up? I'm back. And they're like, how you feeling, man? How you okay? He's like, yeah, I was getting treated here in the city. Like... They treated that as a conversation that Harry would have known that MJ and Peter knew, even though they weren't supposed to know. And they just kind of rushed it to say, let's go to Coney Island. Let's just be friends, which I guess that does make sense. It makes sense to have them say like, yeah, let's just brush past it all. But that's the first small taste where I said, damn, that didn't feel like it was done to the best of its ability to me, you know, and then many story beats just it, it just every story beat after that felt like man if you would have cooked an extra mission in there or some extra dialogue i would have felt like it was more neater um you know but you know if we're going big character arcs i want to talk about miles bro because miles i think i think his story really upsets me which gets me to peter and how his his story upsets me in certain ways i want to start with the college paper bro because even the recap treats the college paper as like, yo, this is something Miles needs to do. That's Miles. That's not Miles Spider-Man business. No, that's Miles, who he is at the center. And um, by the end of the game, bro, I feel like I was tossed aside and they just put it in the end credit scene because it needed to be there. I, I didn't like that as a starting point for his character or where it ended up. I'm going to be honest with you, bro. I thought that that was the stupidest totem point for him in terms of his his looming future and the pressure of future i think they could have chosen so many other things yeah i mean it, because they chose to go this route i'm just gonna judge it as is i think it was half-baked i think 
They needed Miles to be down bad and have other things distract him. I just wish that they would have taken it a little bit more serious because I feel like it got lost somewhere. And like I said, it didn't pop back up until the end credit scene. And even then, it was kind of just skimmed over. If your recap is going to have Miles stressing about this, I feel like at some point through this game, Miles should have read his shit out loud for us to hear how he grew through the experience of this game, not just two throwaway lines at the very tail end of the credit scene. I didn't really care for that that much, but yeah, overall, I just, it, it was, it was different. I didn't, I didn't like that. And that's only the first of my problems with that entire situation. Yeah. As a totem point, I felt like that could have been better, but I think what they did with this game is they let Peter's story be more about as much as you play moments as Peter younger and you're in his past a number of times, you know, and, and they're cool moments. Even that side mission where he's dropping off the photos to J J Jonah Jameson, Jay Jameson. I, I like that. That was cool. They, they do these moments where they take you back as Peter. And yet, I would say if there's any piece of the timeline that's important for Peter in this game, it's the future. And ironically, there's a lot of focus on the future from Miles throughout the game. And yet, the most important part for his development as a character is his past. And I think that that was interesting for them to do because it's, it's, this, it's this notion of us as viewers, as gamers, as partakers opening up, okay, these stories are more than just what's happening in the game. All of what I've invested in these characters from 2018 onward, there's a payoff for it in this game, which I appreciate. And they're also asking of me to keep sticking with them because there's more story to tell. And I like how they did that. I, you could talk about the frills of, you know, Carnage being introduced in the game and that being a cool little side mission that they did. You could talk about Yuri's return from 2018 and how she went sideways. It was interesting to see her pop up. Were some of the, the pieces of it lazy? Yes, but when I think of this being a comic book game, a superhero game, and there being so many different ways the story can go, somehow when I boil this game down, I don't come out of it remembering the superhero parts. I remember the very human parts of the game. And um, I think I, I came into the game wanting to love Miles, and I, I don't know what they did to me, but by the end of the story for Peter, I was kind of emotional. Um, I was emotional for Peter. And um, I think it's because the weight of what it means, the power and the responsibility that we know as a part of Spider-Man, that stuff is really well represented in this game. What makes a Spider-Man Spider-Man? The thing that is across, regardless of on some canon event across the Spider-Verse type timing, like what is in the threading, pun intended, of a Spider-Man story is this notion of you have a lot of power and with that power comes a lot of responsibility. And in this game, they really do a, a whole expose, bro, of how that responsibility tears up Peter. And I like how they did it, bro. I like how they did it a lot. And there was a point, I think the point where it really clapped for me was, um, it was when he, when he died, when, when, when he died there. Um, that scene meant a lot because I think he failed. He, he failed and his failure was one of his lowest points. I don't care about his friends loving on him. 
I feel like that point marked him and it revealed the fact that there's a lot of guilt and shame in Peter um, for a number of things that I think you don't you don't get a lot of that. You get a lot of comic from 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 Spider-Man. You get a lot of jokes. You get a lot of banter that's funny and light. Spider-Man was so special because at that end, the meaning of his mentor, his father figure almost in the area of science being the big baddie that he worshipped him, that line, like you feel that weight. And I think that there's a moment in this game where you feel that weight from Peter emotionally um, and then they keep hammering it in over and over again after he gets infected by the by the venom, by the symbiote. You just keep seeing it exposed on his sleeve the entire game. And I just loved it. I ate it up. All the places where he was abrasive with his loved ones, uh, the fight scene with uh, Mary Jane when she gets uh, 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 the symbiote goes into her. And I think that her, that was that character called Scream. Again? Scream. Yeah, Scream. Bro, that fight scene, you know, the 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 if you in a relationship, you know what it's like to have a girlfriend and to worry about what her true thoughts are about you and her, what she's yelling at him the entire time. Every single line screamed and 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 crashed. And I was like, yeah, that's kind of crazy. If I was fighting my girlfriend and she was like, I'm just an accessory to you. You don't really give two crabs about me. I'm like, yo, <laughs> this hits, you know? And, and I'm not going to act like where I come from and what my story looks like doesn't play a role in why I appreciated this game. I can obviously say maybe it's because I'm married. Maybe it's because of having eyes looked at me by my daughter of what it looks like in the example I set. All I know is that Spider-Man became um, an understanding of what it means to be Spider Spider-Man and why he's important as a hero. I feel like they got that part down narrative-wise. You know, to end my rant, I think that they did that very well. Miles, on the other end, do I feel like his story could have been tighter? Yes, but his side missions with his uncle, I like those. I like those a lot. Um, and where he's headed, I, it almost is like my thoughts on 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 um on Cal. It's almost like I don't even want to give you my opinion on Miles just yet because I still felt like this was very much Peter's game more than it was Miles' game. You know what I mean? All right, you know, you know, I, I want to handle some of my story points uh, bit by bit, piece by piece. So, you know, for starters, I know that UIV are a concept, dude. You like to read what's on the paper and say, yeah, I like that. This is cool and I respect it. But for me, this game, what's on the paper, I could see the vision, but I didn't like the execution. I could see the Harry and Peter and the MJ and Peter and the Miles and Peter and the Miles and his mom. All of those, I could see all of that, but it just wasn't executed well enough for me to care as much as you might have, you know? I thought things were rushed. I already talked about the beginning with Harry coming back. I thought that everything involving Harry and Peter felt kind of rushed. I feel like maybe a few extra missions could have helped their case. It just felt... Like they, they, you know, they wanted to get from point A to point B. And so they were like, let's just happy go friendship. And now Peter's an asshole because Harry saved them. And now Harry's just going to be Venom. And now boom, that's what it felt like. It felt like they just needed stuff to happen. And then they made it happen. You know, it didn't feel organic enough to me. Peter and MJ, their whole relationship thing was cool. But at the same time, it's clear that things were stemming from before this game even began. And I felt that the most when Peter had the symbiote on and people were like, you're, you've been an asshole, Peter. You've been this, you've been that. And it's like, 
but I didn't feel like Peter had ever reached the asshole levels that they were describing him to be. So either something went wrong in the writer's room where they didn't make him feel like an asshole or maybe Yuri didn't didn't approach it that way or, or something. Something was off. And I felt like the symbiote arc for Peter was rushed, which brings us to Venom, which I feel like him heading the stage to be the bad guy was not necessarily rushed, but it, it comes out of fucking nowhere and then leaves quite quickly. And people forget it just because, oh, yeah, it's cool. You could play as Venom for the one mission. Yeah, that's cool. But was it rushed? And did it have the substance that it needed to? Not for me. It, it didn't have what it needed to have for me. When we look at the Venom, we got to take it and see, oh, shoot, the whole Craven. He was a part of this storyline, too. All right, so let's take a step back. Let's look at the Craven story arc. What is it? Bro staring at me the entire game with a horny face. Like, you know, he's looking at me like, you are my greatest hunt. But the entire game is just my hunt, my hunt, my hunt, my hunt. And by the time they bring up the fact that he's sick and that he wants to die in the battle, I really don't care about him. Yeah, he's cool. He killing villains, but he's killing villains off screen. So I'm not feeling that menacing presence that they, they want me to feel. Yeah, he killed Scorpion on screen. That's it. They, he, he bodied Vulture. He bodied Shocker. The, the, the underground area that people access shows that he probably killed Rhino. Like, show me killing these people. This is how I felt about Gore the God Butcher in Thor 4. You're telling me to be scared of him instead of showing me why. Because he hasn't done anything that makes me feel that way. When he's scraping up with Harry, yeah, okay, maybe I could feel it a little bit. I did not give a shit about Craven the Hunter, bro. I was excited for what they could have done, and I just felt like it was all whack. I just felt like he was a whack character in this game, to be honest. Um, so when he's going up against Venom, I'm like, look at this. Two things that I really don't really give a shit about unless I'm a comic book fan, right? Now, is that the game's fault? I don't know. I just, I just know that the game didn't build anything up for me to actually be feeling excited or anything like that. You know, Venom bites bro's head off, and I'm like, oh, that's cool that they would do that in the game, but I don't give a shit about him. Congrats. You got your hunt, bro. Craven just didn't hit the mark for me. Venom was kind of a mess to me. The Harry and Peter plotline was fun to see, best friends and all that, but it didn't hit the way that the previous game with Otto and Peter and, and Aunt May did. None of that. None of that hit. But I want to take it over to Miles with his whole situation with martin lee martin lee that whole storyline i feel like it was miles okay i got my college paper martin lee's escaped i want to i want to kill him Urgh. and then they come across each other in the arena and and he's like i've changed okay and he comes back around to help out it's cool i like that martin lee was able to come around and and help out in the end i saw it coming i saw the anti-venom stuff coming from the mr negative powers coming i saw it but I still feel like a little bit was rushed. Not maybe not rushed, but a little bit flat. It felt flat. Miles and the Martin Lee stuff, by by the time it all came wrapped around, I was like, all right, bro, wrap it up. I'm ready. All right, we're done. Cool. All right, Miles has grown. I appreciate the Miles growth. What I don't appreciate from Miles is the fact that he is Insomniac's new Spider-Man. Because you said, oh, this is this definitely felt like Peter's game. For me, yes, it kind of felt like Peter's game. But in all the gameplay parts of the game, it really felt like maybe more of Miles' game. Miles gets all of the boss fights, really. 
He gets to be the one to fight Venom at the end of the game, which I thought was a terrible decision. And then by the end, he is the new Spider-Man, which to me is stupid as hell too. Because Peter, the beginning of the game, with Miles struggling to find that balance, right? Peter says, that comes first. College comes first. Family comes first. And yet by the end of the game, Peter puts more responsibility onto Miles because he needs to go get his shit balanced, right? So now we got two dudes who don't know how to balance their time. And Peter, as the mentor, puts more weight on Miles so that he can get his own shit together. Meanwhile, for the first half of the game, he was telling Miles that what he was doing was, was not it. So... I'm a bit confused as to why they took this narrative choice and without expanding upon it. That feels rushed also. So overall, I'm like the plot points themselves on paper jotted down as stuff to hit is cool. It's cool that they're getting to this point, even though I'm not ready for Miles to be the main Spider-Man yet. I think it's cool on paper, but to get there and the journey that we took... I just felt like it was half-baked, bro. I really do feel like it was half-baked. And I'm sad about that because the first game spoke so deeply with Peter and his mentor going back and forth saying, you know, you were everything to me. And having him make the ultimate sacrifice with Aunt May and choosing not to heal her and stuff. And Jefferson Davis with his death and Miles' arc in that game. For me, the best arc in this game was Mary Jane Watson. And I feel like... That's cool, but for Spider-Man 2, the main two title characters, the few underwhelming to me over Mary Jane, that feels kind of weird to me, bro. It it does. But but yeah, the 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 final taste in my mouth from playing this game is Miles is the new main Spider-Man now. I'm not I don't think he was ready, nor do I think we as the audience were either. And I've got more Miles stuff to say, but that's where I was like, that's that's what I'm leaving off with? I, I don't know about it. I don't know. Again, you're right. It was rushed on paper. Conceptually, I saw what they were trying to do, and I'll give them room to keep building that out in time. Um but, you know, maybe you're right. Maybe there was just a little too much going on. Maybe the game wasn't paced as well as it could have been. Now, I do have a question real quick for you. How did you play through the game? Did you do story missions and then do all of the side missions before doing another story mission? Or did you just go through, straight through the story? Like, how do you go about that? I am someone who does side missions before main mission. If a new side mission becomes available, I like to go and try to do it because I feel like the game puts them at the purposeful points to go do them. However, there were times when I had this symbiote on as Peter where I felt like I shouldn't be doing this right now because Peter is acting like a different character in the side mission than he is in the main mission. And so I need to come back to these later. Um, but yeah, that mostly how I play is I go do the mission uh, all the side missions and then continue forward, which actually kind of helps break up the rushed feeling of the plot. Because uh, if if the side quest can make the plot feel longer, then maybe that'll help my feeling. But it didn't do crazy work. It, it needed to be longer. Yeah, that's my big thing with this game. Everyone's talking about its shortness and how the story is not that long and it was quick to be. And for me, I took the time to do every piece of side mission possible before moving forward with it. Like I literally wasn't moving forward with the story until there was nothing left to do but move forward with the story. And I think it helped me to appreciate each. I didn't have any discrepancies that I noticed um, with the way that this story flowed. Um, it just all felt very organic. And I felt like 
pacing wise, it helped to not feel so fast or so rushed. I had more appreciation for Peter and what he went through by doing Yuri flame missions. Because again, like the whole gravity of uh, Yuri's life being forever altered and the anger that she has and the anger he's telling her not to fight with because he thinks it's not good. And then I think about the concept of Venom and how it builds all this anger in him and reveals all that in him. And I'm like, you know, it's so hypocritical of him to be yelling at her about wanting to kill this guy when she's kind of right. Like these are storylines that again diversify the character development so that when i'm in these main missions i can feel a lot more and be a lot more present and i just want to pause and say that as we kind of come to our final pillar here of the world i think that this is a world building tactic anyone who complained about side missions like the mission you mentioned with Haley being deaf and doing the spray painting or the missions of riding on a bike uh to go get the photos to jonah or you know even the missions with the emily may foundation i i I just i can't stand people who say well they didn't learn from the first game they put more boring story games there was no diversification in those side missions I, i just beg to differ bro it can be something so small in terms of like the emily may foundation missions where you're splicing the the dna of the plants they're different they're not the same when you're doing a mysterio mission those combat scenarios are different and the lines being said between them the voice notes you're hearing if you pay attention to these pieces there is enough story in there that it's not pointless i just couldn't stand going on the internet and seeing people be like i hate these stupid side missions they didn't learn from the first game it's like no doofus they had no intention to learn from the first game these are story and work world building side missions they're not designed to make you feel like wow innovation if anything they're just supposed to be appetizers to the main meal of these missions and the main points of this development so i want to just go back and say i really enjoyed the missions with the prowlers hideouts and how that resolved there i like the story and the relationship that he has with his uncle and the shame and the guilt he also feels to be associated with him in light of him actually being the prowler i thought that was interesting because later on in his life he has to realize that he's made a villain out of himself wanting martin lee dead and it's kind of wild because it's like hey how different are you from your uncle bud you're really not that different you just fought for different things but what's evil what's light i like how they talk about these kind of concepts for this kid you know there's there's things in there bro that is like man there was so much potential this could have been maximized if the game was maybe you know uh 25 uh, longer we could have had a little bit more time to work with certain things but at the end of the day this is why i'm not i'm not going to include this game in the game of the year conversation i just think that it fell short in some ways that there are other games this year that did not they they fired on all cylinders you know what i mean you know, to come around to that last point that I was talking about with Miles, you know, I, I think I'm not I'm not tired of the character of Miles Morales, right? I'm loving his inclusion in the Spider-Man mythos. I just hope that we as a reality, like, public, you know, we need to accept that Miles is Spider-Man soon, right? People need to get their shit together and accept that he is a version of Spider-Man. Because I'm tired of these stories writing him wanting to be different than Peter. Because both across the Spider-Verse, into the Spider-Verse, and then these games are about how can I make myself different than Spider-Man Peter Parker. And I feel like for this particular game, it bothered me a lot. Because that's what I thought Miles Morales was as a standalone title. 
who am I as Spider-Man without Peter Parker? That's how I, I visualize that story. So in this game, it upsets me that at the very end of the game, it just feels like that was his path again. You know, I like what you said with Martin Lee and, and relating it to his uncle and all that. I like that. I didn't think of that. That's cool. But then on the flip side, bro, and, and let me paint this picture for you, bro. Danica hops on the podcast in game and she says, Spider-Man got some new threads. I don't know if this is the time for a costume change. J. Jonah Jameson said something similar talking about Peter in the symbiote suit. And I'm like, y'all don't understand. We ain't switching threads out here. It ain't like that. We, we, we consume, we, we, we getting we getting invaded by aliens. You know what I'm saying? Like, chill out on me. I'm not just switching threads for a costume change. That's whack. But then bro pulls up in a new costume, bro. Because he needed a Miles Morales original. Which is what I thought the last suit in the game was from the last game when he pulled up with the black and red. And he says at the end of that game, I just needed it to be a little bit more me. And Peter says, I wouldn't have it any other way. Why did you do it again, bro? And it's ugly. I'm not even, I don't even want to talk about that. The internet's already talked about it. I feel bad for the developer person who was in charge of that. But it's also an Adidas collab, which is also kind of terrible. But either way, he pulls up talking about the same shit he talked about in the last game. So now shit is starting to feel repetitive. It's starting to feel Scarlet Witch from WandaVision to Multiverse of Madness. Like, I thought I went through this arc already. And I've seen this arc done elsewhere also. Like, what's going on here, bro? It, it just, that left a bad taste. For me, I was like, this shit is dumb. Like, Miles just, I don't know. He's a wishy-washy character in this game. I like some of it. I don't like some of it. I Peter, too. It, it just, all in all, bro, I am just like, damn, I wish there was more here. I do wish there was more. Now, for, for world building, to get into that conversation a little bit, in the gameplay element of side quests, I liked most of the game's side quests from the first game more than this game. I thought collecting backpacks in the first game was really fun. It was a way to introduce us into this world, treat Spider-Man, you know, different mythos, very fun. Even Marvel mythos, really fun, right? You got Avengers Tower. Oh, shoot, but the Avengers are on a mission in, in, in the West Coast? Copy. They could do that, bro. You know, oh, a blind lawyer gave me a car just in case I ever need trouble? Bet. That's Daredevil. The Wakandan Embassy. The Doctor Strange Sanctum Santorum. That was fun world building for the first game. For this game, uh, weak. I thought the side quests in this game were kind of weak. I like the Carnage-esque ones. I was able to tell it was Carnage by the time I saw his red shirt. I was like, oh, shoot. Carnage be wearing shit like that. That's, that's Cassidy. I bet Cletus heard you, bro. But then I'm like, besides that, I hated the spider bots. They felt like cheaper versions of the backpacks that led to multiverse stuff, which I don't want in this universe at all. We've got the Prowler missions, which is cool to grow miles out. Those I can respect. The, the, the Mysterio ones, they were okay to me. They fell flat by the end of it. Um, it just felt... It felt like cheap challenge maps from the Arkham games done worse or even Taskmaster challenges where the Taskmaster ones served more of like a story purpose when you consider the fact that bro was challenging you to complete these things or else he would bomb things. You know, in this game, it was just kind of like, well, Mysterio fucked up. Now you got to fix it. Oh, wait, it's actually his his assistants. Whatever. I didn't care for that that much. Um, 
And yeah, like I just even even running around doing all the carnage things and the Craven hideouts. The Craven hideouts were only fun because it allowed me to use the 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 new stealth mechanic with the web line and stuff. That was dope, but even then I'm like, bro, I can't even access that anymore. Like I can't have more fun with that. So I'm just kind of falling off of the side quests in this game compared to the first game. And then world building in general, I'm like, I know that it's like a thing that has to happen because of the fact that licenses are in place. But you're telling me, can you at least create an in-story reason as to why the Avengers haven't showed up for the second natural disaster or, you know, not natural disaster, but disaster that New York City is having in this universe? Why are none of the New York heroes popping out for any of this? You telling me Wong is just going to show up to use his magic for a thank you note instead of getting what was stolen from him back or anything like that? It, it's, a, it's a lost art from the like 2000s era of Marvel games where characters would just show up and be like, yo, what's good? You know, I just I don't know. For the Marvel Universe where everything takes place in New York, you either need to create the Sam Raimi way where it's just Spider-Man or you need to be prepared to bring other people in instead of just logos from the Black Panther or the Fantastic Four. I like seeing the Fantastic Four stuff, but it doesn't mean anything to me in the next game if unless one of them shows up, even if it's just a cutscene or a phone call like Arkham Knight had with Lex Luthor calling Bruce Wayne like though that's so small but it does so much and it did nothing for me in this game um so all that to say bro like there are certain elements of this game that I do like and I don't like and and overall you know we gonna get to my overall feelings bro so I then I guess the last question to ask you today is uh you know what's your what's your score for this game if you had to give a score from one to ten as usual and then last but not least is this your favorite superhero game <laughs> i think we know the answer to that but well you know first thing i want to say is that uh, you know I, I don't want there to be any misconception i enjoy this game i like this game i think the game is really fun and i think that people are going to have a great time if they have not played it when they do they're going to have a great time i'd give the number rating of an 8 8.5 i just think that there's a lot here that I was disappointed with, and I think it's okay to talk about those disappointments properly um, so that maybe Insomniac can learn from them and change it up a little bit. I hope they change it up with Wolverine. I hope they take some risks with that. You know, I hope they don't play it safe with that. I, you know, it's it's Wolverine. Try something different, bro. Lean into a darker aspect, you know, but sometimes people don't want those darker aspects, but still do something different. Um, is it my favorite superhero game? Hell no. It's not even top five. It's not even my favorite game in this particular franchise of three games. So, uh, I mean, it was it was fun. I think once the hype dies down, people are going to start to realize some things about the game that they may not have realized, or maybe people don't care. You know, people aren't going to care about all these things sometimes, and they just want to have fun, and I respect that. I just want to have fun, too. I will have this game on my system so I could just swing whenever I want. But, you know, there are some things about it that I'm like, damn, you've left me a bit disappointed, a little bit disappointed. Uh, but, you know, how about you, bro? Where where are you in all of this, in, in this conversation? Yeah, I think I'd give... In that same vein, I probably would give this an eight as well. Um, definitely not my favorite superhero game. I think it falls short uh, in ways that once you get over the hype of how long we were waiting and how excited everyone was and all that stuff, you really look at it for what it is in the landscape of gaming today. It's uh, it's very safe. It's a safe game. Um I hope that, like you said with Wolverine, 
Insomniac remembers that they got as big as they did because they took chances. And some of what makes them promising as a development studio currently as one of the top dogs at Sony gone to like departments to make these games. It isn't just because they have stability and safety. It's because they're not afraid to innovate. They innovated in a lot of different ways. I feel like they're getting away from that. And I don't know if it's because Sony has a tight grip on them with 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 the concept of Marvel. We see this, man. We see a lot of these bigger depictions of superheroes, especially in the Marvel world. And it comes with limitations. I hope that those limitations are challenged as Insomniac heads forward. Um, but at the same time, I enjoyed my experience. I enjoyed sitting down and getting through this game. Um, I do recommend you pick it up especially if it's on sale this holiday season, it's worth the cop. It's a, it's a great game to say, this is how my PS5, you know, does its thing. You know, the traversal in this game is not, I have the game downloaded just so that when I want, I could just like throw on some low five beats and just swing around a little because it's got that feel, you know? And I think they really did a great job with that. They'll always have that as the best. I think this is the best traversal for Spider-Man that has ever happened. They've just got it down to a T. Love that for them. But other than that, there's still a lot to be desired. Listen, we're thankful for you listening to another episode of Kazoop where you're just getting two geeks chatting about games like this. We're coming at the end of the year and a couple more video game episodes are going to be coming out. And it's because video games really had a big year this year. And as we head into the top of the year and uh, we recap what it meant to have the game of the year awards and talk about who was nominated, you know, we would love for you to continue to tap in. If you are a gamer, if you are a part of maybe a discord channel of gamers or a group chat of gamers, be sure to send the Kuzawap link in those chats, especially if you think those people enjoy just hearing two geeks chat about what they love that's just what we do over here at Cuzzlewop every time you tap in with us you're always going to find two cousins one podcast 